I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Dance of Anger. And let me tell you what, I've been dancing with anger since the day I was born. <laughs> I am trying to, the whole title, it's like actually a super long title. What is this? The Dance of Anger, A Woman's Guide to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships by Dr. Harriet Lerner. Okay, so this book majorly needs a cover redesign. It's not, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. There's multiple covers on this one because I saw one that, but did you send me that one that looked kind of crazy? Or did I send it to you? Uh, You sent me one for the... For the dance of relationships, that kind of maybe like, it was her separate one. Looked like a Matisse painting. <laughs> okay, that's what you're thinking of, or that's what I'm thinking of. Because yeah, yeah. this one's like super plain and like doesn't really stand out. It's purple and red. It's very '90s self help book, I mean, and that's what it is. I mean, it's an older book. It's older than the '90s, but um, yeah. I what when you hear self help book, do you immediately think I want to read that, or do you think, please, I never, you know, I don't even want to like flip the first page. I'm I'm actually so up until a few years ago, I was not interested in it, and then like a little switch flipped. I've I'll put it this way: I've always been into things that help you know yourself better, like the Enneagram, for example. I love the Enneagram. I love learning about it. I feel like it helps me be a better person. Those kind of things, right? But things like um like the that book You Are a Badass or Girl Wash Your Face or those kind of books didn't really appeal to me until about 3 years ago. And then I read, actually read You Are a Badass and I loved it. And then I read like Atomic Habits, and I is also that, is that by the same one that wrote Girl Wash Your Face? What's her name? Rachel no. Hollis. <laughs> no, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm no. like I actually love Girl Wash Your Face, and then I heard that Rachel Hollis is 100 percent canceled, and I was like, yeah. oh, oh no. <laughs> I mean, she's got a couple. I don't know. I'm not a Rachel Hollis fan. I had a very mixed feelings about Girl Wash Your Face because she there had, was there was just one story that I could I the the story about her and her husband. Yeah. Yeah, was yes. so raw and personal. I was driving around by myself, like I don't, I think I was going like Sonic in like the middle of the night. And when I got to that part, I it was like a stunning moment. Anyways, people should at least read that like long chapter. It was shocking of like how yeah. like vulnerable that chick got and like told all about her marriage. Which, by the way, is she divorced now? I feel maybe yes, I heard ma'am. That. Yes, ma'am. <sighs> maybe she laid too much out on the table. I. That book was a page turner. I'll give you that. But it just gave me like a very icky feeling. I just did not agree with kind of what she was saying in that. I feel like she also was super fat phobic. Oh, <laughs> that was like maybe one yes. other thing that like really. Other than that, I can't really remember the book at all. But like those like two things that really yeah. stood out. Yeah. Anyways, that's neither this here nor not, there. Right. And it is not. Uh, it's not our girl Harriet. Okay, Harriet is spits straight truth in this book. This kind of book, though, is a, I am very attracted to this. Um, because I I like therapy. I like things that are trying things that make me think about myself and how I can be better. I've always been very into that. We um, thought about doing yeah. this book for like a 
we, we just got off a girl's trip and talked about doing it with our friends. And I was right away, like, not super interested. Like, I was willing to give it a shot. But I was definitely like, oh, I like, who how, the kind of reader I am, I'd much rather read, like, a phenomenal, like, fictional, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I read nonfiction, it's almost always, and like, a, like, super awesome autobiography. So I was really like, eh, I don't know. But this book... It feels transformative. Like, I feel that I can't overstate how much I am now thinking about this book throughout the day with my own feelings of anger and, like, when it arises. And, yeah. Anyways, I this book, I'm like, it was so solid. This book is a therapist in <laughs> your pocket, for sure. Even if you've never... <laughs> if you feel at all like you struggle with anger or... You, you are not heard when you are angry. I mean, that can mean a lot of things to different people, right? So, like, me personally, and I'm sure we'll get into this, I have, like, I am have a very short fuse. And I also just, like, am very vocal <laughs> when I'm upset about something. Like, a pretty nice formula where she kind of, she introduces what's going on. She brings in, like, real-life stories that she went through, or that, that, rather, that she can't, either she went through or that she counseled people on, mm-hmm. and, like, brought up, like, here's what's going on in this situation, talked about how you can basically deal with the situation. She gave the, a verbal dialogue you can have to counter a problem. I was, I mean, this was a, this was a true solid five stars for me. Yeah. And it was a super quick read, like. It was, I think the audiobook was six hours mm-hmm. and I had it on like one and a half speed. And it was just like, I, it was just, I could not stop wanting to listen to it. I say that I actually paused it several times and called my spouse. And we, we had, we had a therapy session <laughs> at, for an hour and a half at one point where I was like, I, and I ended up, I ended up being like, you know what? I think I'm fixed to actually go to therapy because this <laughs> makes me think that I do have stuff to talk about. Okay. Um, should you read it? Should you listen to it? Listening to it was very I enjoyed um, the narrator that we, we also said that she did um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I really enjoyed her, but I wish I had the book. I wish I had, I, w- I want to buy a copy of the book and like have yeah. like notes in the margins. That's, yeah. I think, would be the ideal way to read this book. I agree. There was passages where I would have liked to listen to them like three times in a row i'm not even kidding like no, i i, I, t- or, I told you i want to i can't wait to go back and listen to this book again i've got would, another three week old right and and she breaks it up into you know these very specific chapters and then at the end she kind of has like a recap and it's like oh if you need help with this go to this chapter if you need help with this go to this chapter and i think it would be so nice to have on hand a quick plug for the audiobook. If you're still like, I don't know if I'm into self-help, blah, blah, blah. There is an abridged version of the audiobook. It's only three hours long, which goes insanely fast if you put it on 1.5, like we said. And Harriet herself reads that one, which I actually really enjoyed because she has like a very conversational tone whenever she's talking about the people themselves because she was there. <laughs> like It's her clients. Um that's actually the one that Grace and I started listening to on our drive. And then on the way back, I quickly realized, like, I have got to listen to this whole thing um, because it was so good. So if you just want to dip your toe, they were both on Hoopla for me. So I didn't even have to wait. I could just get them immediately. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I did look. You have to. Cause one of our friends did not have it on. It's not on Overdrive, I don't think. Or Libby. 
Uh, but you can buy, I think it's like $11 is what it was on Kindle. Well, and it's not like we're the ones discovering this book. It says here, know, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, this is a very well-known This is book. also an older book, right? I mean, I'm sure it's yeah. Yeah. years old. It's very old. I just checked. This book was from 1985, so it's older than both of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, but it just also kind of goes to show that, like, good advice and, like, an act, like, a true educated perspective on something like it doesn't have to change mm-hmm. there's some science behind there it's very true some things never change in fact and we can get maybe into some spoilers here the first story and the one that's really like probably the most poignant one for me was the like the first married couple and she's just talking about I don't know it was like Larry and Susan or something and I remember I paused the book and I was like I think I'm married to Larry and I am Susan (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny how several of them like what there was maybe like eight different couples and I probably really strongly identified with like three or four where I it was like similar where I'm like oh my gosh this is me (laughs) I know and it was yeah I I mean it's always interesting when you read something like this and you realize like, oh, wait, it's not just me. It's like all of mankind. That, are you yes, that felt, I, it, oh, I, I felt I wanted to use the word validating, but I'm like, I've yeah. used several times this podcast. I'm trying not to try to find some <laughs> synonyms here, but it really did. I, cause I felt the same way where I was almost like, I thought I was the only one, yeah. <laughs> which sounds so stupid, but like, you know, if you don't like do a deep dive in your films and talk about it constantly, then you just wouldn't know it. And so, yeah, I felt that way several times where I was really like, I'm so glad. Or like, like, this is like a normal marriage. Like, oh, like that, that's a normal, like, uh, relationship with a, like, whoever. Right. And it's not that you don't want to change. It's just like, it's not that you guys are the most toxic people to ever live. Um, the other thing I loved is that, that and we can go back to that kind of couple in a minute but i love that she makes a distinction that there are two female styles of anger there's the nice lady and the bitchy woman and i've thought about that so often how i feel like i i fall into the bitch category but it always felt so unfair because the other the other option really did seem like just to say nothing and just like to be a doormat. And the, well, it's and like the huge thing is it's like, oh, it's like society puts you into one of them. So it's like yeah. either you're the nice lady that you do suppress a lot of feelings or either you're considered like the explosive one. But it's also like, like she kind of talks about like, but if like you can be verbalizing things and like saying all this, but if you're not if you're not going through the right, like if you're just kind of like spinning your wheels kind yeah. of thing and you don't really like know how to get to the like actual problem, mm-hmm. like with your words, then like, you are you know, it's like, okay, like you can stand your ground, but you're not being effective in totally using your anger as a tool. So that first couple, they were talking about like, well, I tell him exactly how I feel and I, you know, I get it all out there and I'm telling him everything that I need and everything, blah, 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 blah. And he just like, he won't say a word. He just shuts down. He just, blah, 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 blah. and I'm just like, holy cow, because this is 
me. Like <laughs> it's just me. And it will balance where that was what I felt about that relationship was like, he offered her nothing and she like, uh, and in return, she came off as a nag. And so yeah. like, they had to kind of like find like, okay, I believe that was one where she started kind of doing her own thing and kind of like dec- or didn't center her life as much around him. Am I mixing couples up? No. Is this a, is this a stay-at-home mom? That was, that, was the, that was the stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Because that one really related to me where I'm like, oh, like I, for me, Graham and my three kids are like, like, like I just imagine myself like spinning around them all day long. Mm-hmm. And I love to do that. I like, but at the same time, it's like, it's kind of like what she's saying. It's almost like you just needed, like sometimes you just need a little more. And yep. sometimes it's like your spouse had a long day at work. They don't want to give more. Or sometimes your kids have been like terrible and you don't want to like go, you know. So it's like, so she really found her own like hobbies and she started doing her own thing with the friends. And that's where I freaking loved where she talked about like the switch. A lot of times when you do make a big change in your life, the people around you want you to change back. Yeah. Because you're, you're comfortable with you know, whatever the routine is. And so then he started having to kind of like chase her and like, Oh, like I, like I want to put time on your calendar. Like let's the two of us go out on a Friday night and we'll get a sitter. And, and he really began to prioritize her more because she prioritized herself more and didn't have to take as much from him. Gives other scenario where basically one spouse, when they get very riled up and like very passionate about a subject, how the other kind of really like, tones it down and it's like mm-hmm. well you are you sure you saw that from both sides right or, where it's like they I, I don't know like they, they help to de-escalate de-escalate the situation by being like more thoughtful about it so i don't know i almost took it as like in this specific instance you begin to take on those roles and not like your you're only your personality kind of thing no you're totally right and i think you even said with somebody else in your life that like as soon as that person starts ramping it up you start detaching so, yeah, that makes sense. It's always going to be one or the other. And then you just have to try and find that happy medium. Right. I wanted to, <laughs> I sent you this link. It is from Couch Trip WordPress. It's like somebody's random blog, but they, <laughs> they did a really nice job of like jotting down some of the points because I was driving, you were driving, I don't have a ton of notes, but <laughs> she wrote down four different things that, um, Lorna really talks about and the first one this is my favorite takeaway from the whole book she taught or she's talking about um I'll just read it so she said or so it says use anger as a tool for clarifying your position and for changing relationships rather than blaming people number one tune into the true source of our anger and clarify where we stand that sounds so obvious mm-hmm. but whenever I tell you it was really like I, you know, I told you about, I had a situation with my sister, just a little, you know, argument. And I was thinking whenever I, we, you know, like we spoke on the phone about it and I was like, okay, like, well, this is why I'm aggravated. Later, I was like, I, I was aggravated for those little things, but that wasn't the root of the issue. The root of the issue was different. And it was almost like I used other things to kind of be like, oh, like this is more palatable. This is why, yeah. I, you know, where I was really like, Wow. Like that, you know, and then that was not fair of me. Like I, you know, like mm-hmm. was not being like totally honest in our relationship because I just didn't want to like, you know, bring something up that's difficult. And so that's like from a nice lady perspective, it's like, <laughs> oh, it really sucks to have like 
really big feelings, whenever you don't like confrontation and you really need to just sometimes be like, okay, you know what? I don't really want to be this kind of person, but this is the honest to goodness truth. Yeah. I I love how she talks about anger where it's like, it it doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just like something like it just kind of is and you can like use it however you want to, but it's like, obviously for a healthier person, you want to use it in like a constructive way. Right. And I'm really, I also think too, with something where I'm like, I want you to agree with my side. Mm -hmm. So let me give you why I think you might, you know, like here's what you'll think makes sense to you. But anyways, but yeah, the main thing with that and like, and since then that's what I've really been using too. I was like, Oh, that, that aggravated me. Why did that aggravate me? And like really like exploring that and being honest with myself Mm-hmm. And then trying to be like honest whenever I'm like communicate with somebody else. Like, okay, here's really what's wrong. Yeah, totally. Um, I will say I only had one tiny qualm with this book, and it was just like, there's I don't even know if she could have fixed this problem, and maybe it's just she wanted to keep it very simple and streamlined, but in certain situations like the ones that we're talking about where you know the woman you know started taking she was really upset because her husband wasn't um maybe doing what she wanted to him to in the home or with the kids or whatever and she brings up the fact that like she just told him straight up like i'll be doing this and this uh two times a week and if you can't be there then i'll get a sitter or whatever and i just kept thinking like wow like that's really privileged <laughs> like well, this is so also hard. for people that like can afford and that psychotherapy like, right and that like routinely go because yes, i thought the exact totally. same thing where i'm like oh i would love to hire a sitter three times a week yes but i yes. cannot do that yeah and so i'm like okay maybe that's not the most helpful thing i mean i get what she's saying but i wish that there had been maybe just a little alternate like discussion of what else you could do i mean but then again you just have to use your critical thinking skills like if you really need that time and that's the only way to get it maybe you have a swap with your friend you know once a week or i don't know but i i would like to know what harriet would say about that it's like listen harriet i don't have money for a sitter three times a week so but i still need that time what do you suggest i do do i just leave my kids at home and say okay you better be here because i'm not gonna be here right and then just like truly that's kind of part of too is like she talks about specifically like the spouse is like and like i I think it was the first situation you already mentioned where it's like they didn't really want to you know to take on like doing all the kids bedtime routine even if the mom needed it or they didn't you know where it's like you know sometimes you just kind of want to tell your spouse like okay Sorry, I don't want to do it either, but I need you to, like, buckle up and do it anyways. Right. And she really kind of goes, <sighs> tries to go around that yeah. in, like, a, a healthy way. But, yeah, like you said, if you don't have money, it's, like, not really a, a feasible way. Yeah. I think I think that there would, in a lot of scenarios, it would be helpful to know how how to just get ready for that argument. Because, like, I don't know, maybe... Right. Whenever I, you I know think, something's gonna be like right, a real not, not accepted <laughs> right away right. in your relationship. Yeah, I don't know, but again, that's like a that was literally my only issue that really popped up for me through the whole book. 
I thought you were going to say, because this is what I, the only thing that I thought was she at times goes very heavy handed into like the feminism for me. And I do mm-hmm. consider myself a feminist and I have no problem with it, but I felt like she like, I don't know, she talks about a couple things and, and like the way that she worded, I was kind of like, it was just a little off putting where I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if I can see everyone in my life loving this because of <laughs> how much she went into it. But I was like, okay, but that was, she maybe only did that probably twice where it really like stood out to me because most of the time had... I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, I wish she had an example. Cause the, I, I remember her saying something in like the very end, but I actually agreed with her with what she was saying, which when the, one of the ones I was talking about was whenever she was talking about the job, the woman loses her. No, no, she doesn't lose the job. The woman gets, she doesn't get the raise oh, um, cool. and the promotion. And like that part, totally believable to me. She talks about like how the basically, the um, woman was like deserving of it. The, the, um, whatever her manager didn't offer it to her basically kind of comes back whenever she kind of approaches him about it and has these like kind of almost ridiculous, like, well, people don't really think great of you or like you could have done more, like very like vague, not truthful. And then she kind of talks about, Oh, I wish I, I should have, I should have just wrote it down, but it was like, just like a very, like, she's like, Oh, but obviously this would have, Oh, what not man it was yeah it was it was just it was a lot because i like i said i agree <laughs> with the scenario i agree what she was trying to get at but i was specifically was like wow like that was really i don't know it was a I have vast to go. generalization yeah i want to go and re revisit that i actually made like some bookmarks um on like as i was listening i just like hit the bookmark button to try and go back and listen to a few things that I thought might be interesting. I will tell you, I didn't a hundred percent like relate to the woman in her work scenario. I did relate to the fact that she got incredibly emotional and like started crying <laughs> because that is, listen. <laughs> I can't even tell. I think I've like talked to you about this. I probably talked to every close friend that I have of like, I cannot stop crying there is something wrong and now in retrospect like there was something wrong like a big something wrong like my stress levels were out of control and that's like a real tell for me now looking back and like if I'm in a situation where I can't even get a clear point across at all without breaking down into tears that is a toxic situation that I need to really rethink but I mean in the moment it's like that's all you got like that's your job you have to speak up for yourself or you have to say something and I mean and that's what really sucks is sometimes it's like you want to send the email but you know you just need to say it in person if you really want to yes like if you really want to catch the person at just the right time it's like I need to say this in person but that's yeah yeah that's hard there was a couple things like I didn't exactly like super relate to it in my life but I felt like I know people that absolutely would where she talks about like her um the there's a man and a woman and they're having relationship problems and it's mainly around their son where he's a very difficult child and they didn't quite know how to parent him and they you know they both saw it from different perspectives and like me and Graham like we have we very much like parents similarly and we really try like to you know like whoever's like the first person to have the consequence whatever like try to like defer to that or whatever but this woman, like, they kind of had, like, the opposite was, like, the the mama's being, like, way too lenient. The dad's being, like, way too harsh. 
And whenever she really kind of like started looking at, like she talked about like family patterns and things and like, you know, the dad like really like held his son to a very high standard. And he told like, yeah, you know, when I was our son's age at eight years old, my dad died and I was the oldest son and I had to take over family responsibilities. And so it's, it makes me feel jealous. And I guess also aggravated whenever I see our son, like, you know, doesn't go to school or like goofing off and like Mm -hmm. not helping around the house. And so she talks about like, you know what, like if you have a lot of like trauma in your family, like a lot of the times like close to the anniversary date, things might be going on or, you know, like you're, a friend dies at this time or whatever it may be like all like your you and the people around you might be like negative reacting negatively reacting around like the dates and the years and the times and I was like oh like that actually like really made sense to me yeah I like that section too because like you're saying I don't I don't even feel like I'm there yet with my parenthood does that make sense like Maybe that will be an issue if my when my kid's like a teenager. Wrong. Like I don't know. It's not an issue right now, but I could definitely I could also just relate it to other things beyond parenting. Um, I felt like that in a lot of different scenarios. I also felt like she called stuff out that I didn't even realize maybe I had an issue with at all. Like, um, she's talking about she's actually talking about lesbian couple. And how uh, their dog gets really sick in the middle of the night and uh-huh. the one partner wants to take him to the vet immediately. And the other partner's like, it's, he's fine. Just wait till the morning. Like you're being, you're overreacting. And so when they finally get him to the vet, the vet's like, he could have died. You should have brought him in last night. Like this is super dangerous. So then there's all this resentment. Like, oh, I wanted to take him in, but you told me not to. And da 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 da. And like, I see my, like, I can see myself doing that sometimes. And it's interesting because it's not something that like I ever felt like I had a problem with until she kind of put it in that scenario. And this isn't to like point fingers at my spouse either. Like, this is my issue where if I'm harboring resentment for anything like that. I need to take full responsibility because she turns it around basically that like, it's, it's really not that spouse's issue. It's your issue with not like, if you feel prompted to do something, you should just do it. Like you don't need permission from anybody else. You know, we had a friend that this kind of thing about the situation was talking about like how certain people in her life needed to assign blame. Yeah. And, that was a concept I also was kind of like, hmm, because there are times too where in high stress situations I feel that way where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one at, at fault. If it's yeah. a big issue, like I, like oh, I, I was late because my kids were, you know, whatever, or like you know what I mean, like or I need. It's like almost like um, I don't know. It's just a need to like not have people like see me in a negative light. I promise. Yeah. I think we talked about the Enneagram thing. When I think peacemaker, I am just like, I, there is just so, <laughs> there's so many, like for me being an emotional person, it's like big, big emotions that aren't good. It is literally like they're buried in a chest far away and I never want to even like approach it. I'm like, no, it's not going to be there. But anyways, so. 
I think another huge point in this book is like right at the end, and it's so important as she talks about triangles in our oh, life. Yeah. And I think we all have people, and hopefully we do all have a person who not for every single scenario, right? You might have different people for different things. Like I definitely have people in my life that I can go to and they are a trusted resource for me where I can say, I need to talk about this. Let's talk it out. And it helps me kind of calm myself down, find a good, you know, way to look at the situation or deal with it or whatever, or just vent. But then there's like the toxic triangles where, you're crap talking people behind their back or you're constantly angry with person a so you're going to person b who's also friends with them and then just like getting it all out there and then the two of you are getting more and more and more pissed and there's no like resolution so i felt like that was a super helpful chapter especially for i don't know people who have in-law issues people who have um like are getting ready to get married I thought about that like Mm -hmm. something to be super aware of our friend Molly said the other day like you know it's it can be so dangerous for people who are maybe really close to their mom and so they get married and then all of a sudden they're like upset with their husband over who knows what and they're calling their mom to complain and how bad that can be for every single person involved in that little triangle Definitely. I was even thinking too about like when I think of like the toxic triangle, I think sometimes the people you go to advice, like you really want somebody with like a good head on their shoulders. Cause I yeah. know we both know people that give advice and it's terrible advice. Yeah. And it's like, what? don't give that advice. Like that's terrible. Like that, that is not going to like make the situation better. That's like absolutely making it worse. Looking at so, your weird Facebook groups. Listen, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So that was another thing to me. It's like, like somebody with a good head on their shoulders, and also a lot of times an unbiased person, which yeah. can be hard to find. But like yeah. you know, like it, that can really change how the or what's going to be said in that um, conversation. Well, you saying the unbiased thing reminded me of the other like huge point of this book with that really resonated with me and I feel like I am going to carry with me for the rest of my life which is doing the emotional work for the other person which we kind of talked about um, earlier with like that seesaw thing but like specifically when your say your spouse comes home from work and they're like man you won't believe this but this happened at work and I was really kind of upset about it. And then obviously it's your spouse or whatever. And so maybe you get really worked up like, Oh my gosh, well, what are you going to do? You didn't You're say defensive on it. their behalf. Yes. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's like a good thing. Like you feel like you're maybe coming to their rescue or trying to, um, trying to come up with solutions for them. But I don't know. I just see myself doing that a lot. And I'm like, wow, I, I need to be a little bit more unbiased, even with how I listen to the very close relationships and people in my life where I just need to be like, wow, that stinks. Like you should like, tell me more about it. Like, that's all you need to say. You know, you don't have to get all fluffy and solve 
I yes. love how she talks when as she talks about that exact scenario in the book where she talks about like the more worked up the wife gets mm-hmm. on behalf of the spouse, the spouse really begins to detach. It's like it's not that big of a deal. Like I, it's it like no, it's fine. Right. Like they they kind of you know like they had some input too, and so like they really like backpedal, and yeah. like they they it turns into that you know they're coming from the logical perspective, and mm-hmm. the spouse is coming from the emotional perspective. And so you kind of get into, I don't know, negative territory, if you will, with the dialogue. So at the end of the scenario where she's like, oh, like, how could they resolve this or how they did resolve it? She does a great job of also one of the scenarios was like a a person was like their mom kept on like harping, like, you need to get married. You're about to be past the age of getting married. And like, so she, she always kind of starts she always talks about kind of like validating the person and then giving them the rebuke or it's like, Hey, I know that you're worried about me getting married. Me too. But honestly, the more that you keep on, it really like affects my self-esteem. So, and like, you know, and just gives all these different things. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really great point where it's, it's using those I statements as opposed Mm -hmm. to the you statements, but it also is like being very frank with the person but also be like, yeah, like I totally see where you're coming from. However, yeah. I don't it, know. I it, was so good. No, it was. And then even in that situation, she took it one step further, which I thought was brilliant. In that, it's like open the dialogue. Up. <gasps> oh, Mom, that like, was fascinating. Yes. Where it's like, so what do you really feel? Like, what would be the problem if I was single? Do yes. you know any single people in our family? How do you feel about the? I was also like, oh yes, yes. Say it again. Was, the one that stuck out to me was was when she was like, mom, do you ever feel like, do you ever think about what would have happened if you had stayed single? Like, what do you think would have happened? Like, how do you think your life would have been different? And I just love that because it really does. Because obviously this mother has this like deep seated fear for her child. And so you're going to learn something about her in the process too. And probably bond a little deeper i was going to ask you how what you thought about that the story about the overbearing mother and then like the daughter was like weirdly close to her but felt very judged by her that was Um, a very interesting is that the one where they had a pretty toxic relationship after they divorced after the parents had divorced Mm, and she moved away i think so and then like she has a baby yes yeah yeah that one was really interesting um, because yeah, it, I, it was, I found two minds. One part, the woman really, or the daughter really tried to like have her mom over, even though she knew that like it would probably end in kind of like a disaster. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, I'm pretty sure in that story, like she would talk, 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 talk to the therapist about my mom does this wrong. My mom does this wrong. My mom does this wrong. And I don't think she ever really approached the mom until finally, yeah, you know, would get to her breaking point. And then she's not talking logical. She's not, she's totally going off emotions and she's like flying off the handle and, you know, ending, uh, you know, the, like the mom stay in like a really bad way or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I thought that one was just very interesting how, it was just like the the daughter really wanted that kind yeah. of relationship, but also was not was not really working to keep a good relationship. Which I mean, that's you know, nice lady, <laughs> <laughs> right? But also not very nice because they're always like 
sniffing at each other. And it's it's funny how when you think you're being nice, right. you're really just like doing such a disservice. You're prolonging like the right? inevitable conversation that's gonna have to happen because for you to be happy. I think what she eventually had to do was be super frank and say, like, mom, you are a great mom, but unless I specifically ask you, I really don't want any advice parenting I'm trying to figure this out and I'm gonna make mistakes but it's really important to me that I I don't know the way she said it was very eloquent and two it's like the mom like the mom lives across the country she's not gonna be there to solve the problems like the daughter as a first-time mom has got to be able to go in find what works for her family and do it because like thanks for the seven days worth of help mama but when you're gone Mm -hmm. like we'll see in six months I guess yeah I couldn't relate really to that as a uh, me being the child I could relate to it as I looked forward with my future vision as me as the mother (laughs) as a grandma I will say my own daughters being like the specific situation was like like leaving the baby to cry it out and I was like oh that would kill me (laughs) absolutely I would be like my first precious granddaughter please let me just hold her I will rock her to sleep you know like it's not it's not helpful for them long term but it's like but for that week I will be there totally totally Uh, yeah there was I I think I loved every story even that's the first story oh my gosh the first story was was where basically she gets a letter from a woman who is like I bought um tickets to your uh what, what is that called her her lecture kind of basically like a workshop uh but my husband thinks that you're like a radical feminist doesn't want me to go and so unfortunately i can't go and like she really breaks it down into like you know one it's like yes she's like a submissive wife but it's also like she could have went Mm -hmm. but she chose that you know she didn't want to deal with the consequences of going maybe the husband would have reacted this way or here's how she could have stood up to her husband and said like you know what i know you feel that way but i'm i'm doing this for me and i'm just gonna go or like so she kind of goes into all the little scenarios I just feel like there was there were so many instances that people could see people they knew in those rela- or in those type of relationships or that had been through those type of um, instances with you know family members or either you like associated with those people. Like there were so many like oh I know that person I know that person I I know who this person is. Totally. Um, <sighs> the la- I guess the last thing I'll have to say about this book is. I really feel like she did a good job of also constantly weaving in the fact that you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fall back into old patterns sometimes. You're going to throw tantrums sometimes or whatever it is, and it's okay. But if you keep exercising these new, you know, more self-aware techniques with anger, like it will work and it will become easier. But like, it was just very um, forgiving, the whole strategy of like, you know, take, take, take three weeks and focus on one single issue in your life. Um, it actually made me think about what the prophet of our church said about like taking that two weeks before Easter and focusing on one relationship and how you could bring some healing to that relationship. And, and you're going to make more mistakes but it's okay just like keep moving forward and trying to like build that momentum of 
I don't know what the right word is, but like positive anger or like using anger as a positive tool in your life. Right. And like whenever you have anger, anger, really like when you dig out like the root calls that problem and you can kind of like work through it and just like, you know, be happier in your own life, learn how to communicate. I think the last thing that I wanted to say was, oh, I don't remember if this was a direct quote or if this was me like, um, <laughs> just, yeah, paraphrasing. Uh, I think this might've been a quote that she said, children have a remarkable ability to take care of their problems when we begin to take care of our own. Yes. That was like, it was really like, <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, so if, if I work on me, my, my kids are going to be, you know, like they're going to pick up on it. They're going to work on themselves. They're going to be fine. And that really was very motivating for me to just think like, hmm. Cause all I want to do, like I said, my, my little world just centers around those same couple of people almost yep. all day long. So I'm like, yep. if I can just be a, a little bit of a better influence for them, I'll be happy. Well, I mean, it's just the truth that when you're in a bad mood or you're upset about literally anything else, being around your kids, your little toddlers can be like holding a stick of live dynamite. I mean, it's just like waiting for a spark and then it's all over. So yeah, you're totally right. And let me tell you what, I am positive that if you read this book, you will then want to loan it to pretty much everybody in your life. Yeah, we've definitely, I've mentioned it to my spouse, you mentioned yours. Um, I've mentioned it to my multiple family members Mm -hmm. on both sides of the family where I'm like, hey. Yeah, I always feel like a book of analysts, but this has really brought it out for me. Both shows. It would make you, now I'm thinking about, I'm like, if you have a great relationship with a person, it would make a great book to gift. If you have a great relationship, otherwise maybe it's, it's taken the wrong way, but it's true (sighs) all right well i feel like we have went in as much as we can go in and it's just it's time for our listeners just to download the book themselves it's very true um next time we will be back with a nice dose of healthy fun simple fiction the love hypothesis by Allie hazelwood normally this book would be like poison to me (laughs) because it is a like straight up chick lit rom-com but i don't know why but i actually really liked it (laughs) that's like a spoiler for next our next um episode but the only thing i know is that it's supposed to be um (laughs) what are their names the people from star wars yes kylo ren and ray Um, that's a little bit listen after reading this book, I don't really think it's Kylo Ren and Rey. I think it is just straight up, like, the character in the book is Adam Driver. Like, a thousand percent. Do I there's mind? Nothing, Absolutely not. <laughs> so that's fine with me. Sweeten the pot. Yes, course. listen, I, I will talk uh, uh, in much greater de- or depth about how much I love this man as, <laughs> as the episode rises. Uh, all right. Well, have a good night. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five star review. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds so-